She's a longtime ag writer, a fierce advocate, and a storyteller. He's a boss on the block, an unapologetic patriot, and committed to the success of rural communities. I'm Rachel Gable. And I'm Jason Sanamaso, and this is the Pro Ag Podcast. Well, today on the podcast, we have a legendary auctioneer who you will love listening to. You want to tell everybody a little bit about Jay Romine, Jason? You bet. Jay Romine's coming on. Uh, He's actually sitting in his pickup waiting to go on because he's got a big sale today out there. Uh, Jay is from Mount Washington, Kentucky. Um, Been in the LMA, the Livestock Marketing Association, World Champion Livestock Auctioneer Contest, many, many years, many time semifinalist, many time finalist. Really good friend of mine. I, I really enjoy every time I get to see Jay, and he was he was kind of the one one of the guys that you always watched when you were growing up because they were always in the finals and and uh, just a great guy and a great cattleman, uh, order buyer, great guy. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to hear a little bit about how different it is uh, the Kentucky market from the Colorado market. I'm guessing there's some big differences there. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and if anybody knows the differences, it'd be Jay. So we're excited <laughs> to have him on here in a bit. And and uh, he was, uh, he, I don't know how many times he's entered the King of the Ring auctioneer contest at Dodge City, Kansas, but the, the winners put on an amazing contest and, and they give out a, it's called the Roger Emick Award. And that is all the auctioneers in the contest vote on their favorite auctioneer. Um, and Roger Emick was one of the one of the all time great auctioneers, one of the the greatest chants you'd ever hear, and just an absolute mentor to so many. So to win that award is uh, is a pretty big accomplishment. Um, anytime you can be in a contest, and your your auctioneer peers that are competing against you pick you to be their champion, uh, that's probably the highest award you can get above any championship belt buckle or, or anything like that. And so Jay, he won the Roger Emick award and he's uh, been reserve champion in the international contest in Canada. And he's got a very unique chant and it is very easy to listen to. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to have him on. Yeah, I can't wait. He's a, uh, he's one of the, one of the amazing ones. And of course we have an auctioneering contest coming up uh, right here in Sterling America during the meet in, which I'm super excited about. I am too. I am. I, I've wanted to for a few years, somehow figure out how to have, have my own contest. And uh, I finally decided and, and kind of talked it over with dad a little bit about what do you think if we had one at the, at the meet in fundraiser and, and hopefully bring in some more, a bigger crowd. Uh, not that we 1500 wasn't enough people, but the more people, the more revenue, the more charities we can help out and, uh, so I made a couple calls just last Tuesday or Wednesday morning, uh, seeing if I could get some added money so we don't 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 pay out prize money out of the fund. Uh, and within ten minutes, uh, we had enough to pay out ten thousand to first, uh, twenty five hundred to second, and a thousand to third. I think is what I set up. And uh, then we're going to have a crowd favorite where the crowd can. Uh, I'm going to have some business cards out there, and you can vote on on your favorite and we'll pay that one 500 and as of saturday night we had 20 auctioneers in and that's all we're gonna we're gonna cap it at 20 so uh it should be fun we've got uh got some really talented auctioneers coming from all over the country uh they've signed up from south dakota nebraska colorado wyoming uh georgia i believe there's one from tennessee coming uh one from new mexico texas uh, so I couldn't believe the reception in our in our first year to get get our twenty auctioneers filled up that fast and uh, have some really good local auctioneers coming. Um, they have to bring two items. We'll provide three, so they'll sell five in the five items in the preliminary round. Um, the judges, five judges, will pick the top five. They'll come back and sell four more items and. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll pick a champion. And one of the coolest things about the contest, I got a call from world champion auctioneer John Corey the other day, and uh, he said, "Hey, are you uh, are you giving out prizes?" And I said, "Yeah, we're 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 doing some pretty big payouts for a first time contest." 
he said, I would like to have a uh, handbag made out of leather and stamp your grandpa Bud Banberg's name on it and your meet-in auctioneer contest. And uh, the John Corey family would like to give that to the champion. And I was in my pickup, and as we've talked, Rachel, I'm a big crybaby, so I got some tears, and and it meant the world to me for John to reach out and uh, and want to do that to honor my grandfather. Um, so so the Corey family, John and the girls and grandkids and son-in-laws will all be up on the stage and present that award to the champion of the Median Open Auctioneer Contest. And, and maybe... <laughs> After we get through this one, we may may think about a name change just because if you're not in Colorado, you probably don't know what the meet-in represents. But we'll <laughs> we'll figure out what uh, what name and maybe we'll stick with that. I, I, I like it because I know what it is and I know what it stands for. But, but the reception's been phenomenal. And if you're listening and you're anywhere close on March 16th to Sterling, Colorado, 1 o'clock will be the contest. Uh, please come out. You're going to be blown away by uh, by this contest and the talented auctioneers coming. I'm so excited. I've already volunteered to be a judge. Of course, I am not qualified to do that. So I just may be your sixth silent judge just sitting up there so I can just listen. You are I'm a judge. excited. Oh, I am The a entire judge. crowd is a judge. Well, see, there you go. There you go. I'll I get mean. you a name badge if you need it. Judge Rachel. Judge Rachel. You like Judge I'm Judy? <laughs> Uh, she and I share some similarities. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good ones. Good oh similarities. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun that day. It'll be. We're getting some amazing items, handmade items that are. We'll have a, a rocking horse. You can go to my page, uh, see all the, all the items. A handmade rocking horse, uh, Ford uh, tailgate bench. I mean, there's the. And the thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a really quick rant. <laughs> I cannot post this one pistol that was donated by HR Tire, who always supports this medium big. They keep Facebook keeps taking it down. So I put we had an AR donated. I put that on and put Facebook is taking down any post with a pew pew in it. They leave that one. I called the other one a nerf gun or something, and they still took it down. So we will have some firearms that are not being able to be posted. We can probably post them on our page here. They're not usually, um, Facebook's a little easier on business pages. They probably just think you're a, a pew pew enthusiast. Well, that might be, and I am, but don't take my pew pews down. <laughs> Leave us pew pews alone. Facebook. There we go. Title. <laughs> Oh, Lord. We have issues. You know, we're pretty entertaining for starting our recording at 530 in the morning. It's freaking Not bad. As we do. Not bad. <laughs> well, I think they'll, hopefully Jay will be able to get up here to that contest as well. I think, uh, gosh, there'll be some good ones. Jay, or, uh, Jason told me about some of the ones that are coming and I'm super excited. So it'll be fun. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got some power coming and, uh, I actually had a guy from Oklahoma reach out, Paul McCartan, and I've never met him. Uh, just sent me a message on Facebook asking about the contest. And I said, well, it's full. Uh, and he said, well, I'm not uh, not looking to enter it, but I'll be out in Denver the Friday before for a family occasion. And I've been reading through your, your meet-in page, and I love what you're doing. And I'm thinking I may just take an extra day or two and drive out and uh, – meet all the auctioneers and meet you and come see what this is all about. So we're reaching Oklahoma as well. Nice. Yes. I've, I have, uh, it's not my, <laughs> I have no right to do it, but I do it anyway, because I'm a big fan of asking for forgiveness rather than permission, but I've invited lots of legislators, especially those that I've gotten to know on the West slope and uh, primarily Democrats and invited them looking forward to that. I think we've got, one of my pals from Nine News who's going to come out there and do some videography work. And uh, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I can't wait. Just uh, I love the meet-in anyway. And, and adding this auctioneer contest will be another element that hopefully will bring, uh, bring more people out. And uh, hopefully it brings people that really don't know what we do 
in the ag world and uh, like like inviting the democrats out uh love to have them love for them to take and share our message of what we do and and when they see what the ag family does for people that they don't know they're going to be blown away and this year's meet-in is near and dear to my heart uh we're doing it for the diaz family and little tucker he uh just went through his third heart surgery they call it swiss cheese heart uh, three years old uh, but his dad is a is a young man that i coached and uh, we grew up with uh, uh, his wife's mother's family uh, is, is really good friends with my wife so this one's really dear near and dear like they all are but uh, this little three-year-old he's sure been through hell already and and uh, he had surgery I don't remember the day Thursday or Friday I think it was last Friday and Saturday they were heading back home uh, so he is a tough little turd uh, and again if you have items you want to donate get a hold of me on Facebook Call me at the office, uh, 970-522-1950. Uh, do I dare give my cell phone on here, Rachel? Okay, I will not. <laughs> I didn't figure. Uh, but, yeah, if you have items, uh, we're going to need a lot more items this year just because uh, we got to supply 75 items for the auctioneers to sell. And, and again, all everything they bring, they have to bring two items, everything we sell goes to the meet-in uh, fundraiser. So hopefully we can make it bigger and better and, and the biggest we've ever had and, and be able to help out a lot more uh, charities and people. Sure. Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing that we've, that you guys have raised as much as you have just at that one meet insight, just up to this point, because we're, we're edging in on half a million dollars, which is pretty amazing. I spoke at farm show last week and somebody asked me, you know, how do we get people to advocate for agriculture? And I talked in circles for a little bit while my brain was racing to come up with a reasonable answer for that. And I finally landed on, we have to show them that this is an industry worth defending, not because it feeds you or clothes you or fuels you or any of those things, but because it's a, it's a solid industry. So many, you know, the, the U S was built on the, on the backs of this industry and it's worth defending. These are the people that come together and, and do good things, take something, um, something as annoying as uh, some of the missteps that Governor Polis made and turn it into almost half a million dollars of fundraising for local charities and, and good charities. So we didn't just complain and call him names. We, we put the money where our mouths are and by God, that's why the industry is one that's worth defending. Absolutely. Well, and there's, there's meetings all over. Uh, mm -hmm. So go support them. I'm going to try to go to a few different ones. Um, I did get a message from Custer County Cattle Women. They're uh, talking about maybe loading up a carload and coming out. And uh, they asked what what kind of items. I said whatever you bring, we'll sell. And so I think they're they were going to vote on that and maybe put together a basket of some kind. But if you are uh, just just look for Rachel, will have every every meeting in the fence post. Find out where they are. Go support them. Um, everyone is vital to to our fight against this, uh, the government and our uh, Governor Polis. So go support everyone that you can. Absolutely. The Custer County gals are a lot of fun. I'm going to sit with them if they come up. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I, I told you uh, guys together will be our sixth judge. There you go. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe Brady and Nikki could bring you uh, mimosas. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I I can almost guarantee that that is what Brady and Nikki will do. Um <laughs> those two. Good grief. Yes. Uh the the gals down in Custer County are uh, are a good bunch and they are not afraid to uh to push back and I appreciate that about them. But if you're hosting a meet-in, by golly, get that information to us, and we'll try to put as much meet-in information statewide on the fence post and then also here on our ProAg social media as well. And I'll try to put everything that Jason posts about the meet-in here on the page as well. So it'll Absolutely. be good. Absolutely. Yep, let us know. We we need everybody to to hop in and help and let us know. We'll get it out there. Absolutely. And, you know, one of our sponsors is the Crowley County meet-in, which is on March 30th. So which makes it kind of nice because we're the 16th 
a lot of the ones are on the 16th and that one's on the 30th. So no excuse to miss that one. Uh, it's at Big Blue in Ordway. Last year they had, oh gosh, they had legislators, they had guest speakers. It was Dr. Laura Bledsoe, who is a veterinarian in Hugo, also the mayor of Hugo. She's one of my favorite humans. She was down there speaking. There were, um, there was amazing food. There was, I believe, an auction. It was, it's a, it's a great event down there and talk about a good bunch of people. They just don't come much better than the folks down there in that area. I, that, that area is near and dear to my heart. And I certainly appreciate them. Shad Sullivan is uh, kind of the, he's, he does a lot of the posting of the, the media and stuff down there at Crowley County. So watch his page and I'll try to get it all up on our other pages as well. But Crowley County meet-in day is uh, generous to help support the podcast and we sure appreciate them for it. So make plans to be there March 30th at Big Blue in Ordway, Colorado. And, and uh, uh, excuse me, Mackenzie Stone just posted a day or two ago, the Eastern Plains Cowbells, their meet-in is March 23rd at the Lincoln County Fairgrounds in Hugo from 11 to 3. So they're going to have a vendor fair and, and, uh, hamburger feed and all that. So a lot nice. of them popping up, uh, a lot of them uh, doing a lot of great things. So go support everyone you can get to. Those cowbells don't mess around. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a good one. Well, very good. Well, this weekend um, we came off of farm show. I was down there for a couple of days, got to talk to lots of people. You can probably tell I have a cold from hugging all of these 5 million people, but that was a a lot of fun. And so if you got, if you took the time to come visit with me at farm show, know that I super appreciate that. It was good. And then, um, Saturday, uh, grandpa Phil Gable, it was his funeral and we had a, a rosary and mass and uh, went up to the cemetery and came back the gals at the church. Um, you know how, how those church ladies are with lunch. My goodness. It just kept coming. It was amazing. But, uh, you know, he, he was 89 years old. He was, he left this world in the same farmhouse that he was born in almost 90 years apart. And uh, Saturday was him and grandma Jones, granny greats. Uh, goodness. What'd they say? 69th wedding anniversary. Wow. The day that we laid him to rest. It was pretty amazing. My brother-in-law put all of, he's the one that has the farm now and runs it. And he parked all of grandpa's old tractors along the fence and the hearse stopped when we were headed up to the funeral or up to the cemetery, which is just like a thousand yards from the house. It's, it overlooks the farm, but they stopped the hearse. And so everybody could see those tractors and it was amazing. And if you know, my brother-in-law, Todd Gable, you know that those tractors were parked like someone did it with GPS. They probably didn't. It's just how Todd operates, but they were perfect. And there was, uh, a whole line of them. I'll have to put a picture up there. It was amazing. The the service was beautiful and I, gosh, a, a life well lived to, uh, to enter this world and leave it in the same farmhouse. Amazing. Yeah. What a way to honor him with the, the lined up tractors. And wow, that's neat. That, that gave me goosebumps. That's really I know neat. me too. It was, it was a, a beautiful service and they talked about being a farmer and it was, it was great. It was very good. They, uh, my little boy, of course, T, who lots of you know, is five. And, you know, we had the rosary and then we had the full funeral mass. And, you know, they ring the bells during the mass. <laughs> and he thought that that was the signal for lunch. And I caught him <laughs> before he jumped up and ran out of the church because he was ready for lunch. I love it. Had a boy. Had a boy. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. Lots of big stories this week, as always. Um, in Colorado politics, Denver Gazette, Colorado Springs Gazette, of course, my Monday column uh, kind of ties together all of the connections of the Enviro Fringe on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission. And in that uh, column, I said that I did not believe that the three most recent appointees by Governor Polis to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission should be confirmed by the full Senate. Full stop. They should not be. And I, I will not bore you with the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon situation that we have going on on the Parks and Wildlife Commission, but 
Uh, there's lots of connections to Defenders of Wildlife. There's lots of connections to Center for Biological Diversity. Um, the author of the Wolf Compensation Plan, um, an attorney for Earth Law. Uh, it's just all very connected. It's all connected to the Southern Plains Land Trust, which knowing enough, you know, I do enough work out of Montana that I'm familiar with the whole rewilding American Serengeti situation that they're having in Montana. And they're just buying up uh, branches and taking them out of production to rewild them. I, uh, I think anytime you take a ranch out of production, it's a scary thing. And of course, if you want to sell your ranch to that bunch, I completely support you. Your, your private property rights are your private property rights. But I think that it's a, a scary prospect to have groups like that buying up so much good farm and ranch ground. And that's what we're seeing with Southern Plains Land Trust. Lots of um, releases of prairie dogs and black-footed ferrets and taking down fences and just taking good ranch country, which they say is not good, but it's good ranch country down there in Baca County, um, taking that out of production. And there's a lot of money from GOCO, Colorado Lottery Funds, going to the Southern Plains Land Trust. It's all connected. It's all connected. And I try very hard not to sound like a crazy person, but there's a lot of connections. So if you have not seen that uh, in Colorado politics this week, of course, take a look. The other big story last week was uh, the CPW leadership had to face the joint ag committee. So the Senate and House ag committees for the SMART Act hearing. And Dylan Roberts is, is a Democrat from the Western Slope and he and others uh, represent Don Gittleson's district, Grand County and Summit County where the wolves were released. And then of course, Jackson County where Don is. And uh, he gave them a grilling. Dylan has a history, a background as a prosecutor. And I may have texted him and said, you are such a badass. <laughs> he is. He was full out in his prosecutor era. He was amazing. And, you know, all the legislators who grilled these CPW guys were. And here's the, here's the thing. They can apologize for the release. They can apologize for the lack of communication. They can apologize to the lack of, of accountability. They can apologize until the cows come home. But until there's some people stand up and refuse to confirm these appointees, then the Enviro fringe remains emboldened and they will do with CPW what they wish. And I absolutely believe, and you know, I try to be reasonable and level-headed as, as a rule of thumb. I, I try very hard, but I believe that the main goal of these new agenda loving folks that are on CPW and the Enviro fringe that they represent want to uh, get, want to criminalize hunting on public lands. CPW of course does not get a dime of tax money. It's all on licenses and fees. So it does not pencil, but I think that's the goal. I think grizzly bears are the goal. I think wolves are the goal. And I think it's bananas and we need to stand up and say, no, no, we're not going to give this big a microphone to the Enviro fringe. Yeah. They don't need it. They, yeah, at all. No, they're, yeah. they're well-funded and they're, uh, so I'm sure that there'll be some fun Facebook posts this week. <laughs> I can't wait to read them. Oh gosh. Isn't it fun? It's so fun. Well, Adam Rose, we need to mention because we are moving into February now. So if you're looking <laughs> for a really good Valentine's gift or an investment in your home, any of those things that we think about as we're kind of in the slow months, slowish months. Is there a slow month? I don't know if there is. But Adam Rose with his cabinetry business, why don't you tell us a little about him? Because we are so glad to have him as a sponsor. You bet. Adam Rose, I love custom cabinetry. Uh, Adam went through a name change. It is now I Love Custom Cabinetry. Uh, he does custom cabinetry and countertops, residential and commercial, from design to fabrication to installation. They are flat-packed cabinetry shipped all over the U.S. This is cabinet boxes that are cut and machined, flat-packed, shipped on a pallet, 
Customers assemble and install the cabinets on site. He's got regular customers in Colorado, Nebraska, Missouri, California. He's also shipped to New York, Florida, Michigan, Minnesota, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, Adam is married to Camille for 31 years, has three grown sons, over 29 years of experience in the cabinet trade. He's been a shop owner since 2000, past president of the National Trade Association, Cabinet Makers Association, one of the top PA guys in all of Logan County, top three anyway. Uh, he announces all of our football, baseball, basketball games. Uh, overall great guy. He's got a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the creative woodworking, or you can call Adam at 970-522-6799. Give Adam a call or text. I left custom cabinetry, Adam Rose. Absolutely. We sure appreciate him. Hopefully he'll be at the meet in so I can hug his neck. We were, you know, Jason and I are both on our Facebook page and I tagged his company on there and then Jason would go fix it. Then I would be like, why does it keep doing this? And I would change it. And Jason was like, why does it keep doing this? And he would fix it until he finally said, Gable, for God's sake, stop. <laughs> He's changed his name. I left custom. Cabinet. Leave it alone. Doing this. <laughs> our communication skills were not real good at that point. <laughs> Yes. Well, and Adam, if you're listening, uh, we do have that meet-in coming up March 16th. And, you know, we're taking donations uh, to sell items to raise money. Adam, I love custom cabinetry. If you have any ideas on, on something we could sell from I love custom cabinetry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Adam. I am so subtle. <laughs> you are subtle. It's one of your <laughs> spiritual gifts. <laughs> yes, yes. And you're, you, you never let anything escape your, your lips that ought not to. <laughs> spiritual gifts, folks. Jason Santamasso. Yeah. Yeah. Very Absolutely. spiritual. Yes. We have another exciting event that we're involved in, mostly because Nikki Wernsman told us that we are, which we're, we're glad to do that. <laughs> Nikki's one of our favorite humans as well. But we're, this really follows our uh, mission. Uh, relating to rural mental health. And so we're super excited about India Wood, who will be appearing at Sterling Livestock Commission. And Jason, I think you have the details. I do not have those in front of me. I do have them. Uh, it is, I have to go through my notes because I don't have a brain that remembers. And Camille hides things from him. We've decided. We, she does. She has to because I can't lose every note that I write. Uh, let's see. India Wood, Colorado storyteller, naturalist, and ag advocate will be at Sterling Livestock in the sale ring February 26th at 530. And uh, the Logan County cattle women will have, uh, they're doing appetizers, some, some drinks, uh, possibly some homemade pie. We're still looking into that, but India Wood has, has walked across America uh, promoting ag, and and uh, this is going to be going to be a great evening. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about mental health. We will have uh, Rochelle Maker and Jared Sonnenberg will be on hand to talk a little bit about mental health, answer some questions. Uh, so please come out and support this. Uh, presented by the Logan County Cattlewomen Pro Ag Podcast and Sterling Livestock. Um, I believe some of the Centennial Mental Health people will be there as well. It's going to be a huge uh, mental health event. Um, and, and as we've talked on our podcast about mental health in rural Colorado, it is a huge issue. Um, this will be an amazing event. So that's uh, February 26th at Sterling Livestock in the sale ring at 530. So please, please, please plan on uh, being there and, and share the heck out of that and and there will be more uh, advertising coming, I'm sure, from the Logan County Cattle Women. They do a great job uh, with whatever they decide to tie into. So, absolutely. Uh, stay tuned for that. Diagonal, I believe, is the name of, of India's uh, documentary. She hiked diagonally, like in an X, across Colorado. And anytime you can get someone from Boulder who is both a rural mental health and an agriculture advocate, I'm all in. I'm here for it. So, 
I think she's got some great stories. You know, there's a lot you can't see from the road <laughs> in Absolutely. this part of the neck of the woods. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what she saw when she was hiking diagonally across the state in a great big X. Super excited about that. And of course, Jason and I always remind you to check your cows, check your fields and check your neighbors. Well, we will, uh, without further ado, go ahead and move into our segment with the great Jay Romine, who I'm so excited to hear from him. Great guy, Jay. Jay Romine, Mount Washington, Kentucky. I'm ready to go to work, boys. Pull that gate. 179 On the podcast today, I want to welcome Mr. Jay Romine, Mount Washington, Kentucky, Bluegrass Stockyards. Jay is a many-time LMA World Livestock Auctioneer Championship finalist and semifinalist. He's a 2012 Reserve Champion International Auctioneer Contest in Canada, the Roger Emick Champion's Choice Auctioneer at the King of the Ring Auctioneer Contest in Dodge City, Kansas. Jay, welcome. Thanks, Jason. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Jay, how long have you been an auctioneer? Oh, gosh. It seems like 100 years. <laughs> uh, I guess I started, I got my license after college, probably in, I think, 1988. And I started it to one of the, one of the oldest terminal yards in the country, which it never did make the LMA scene much, which I wish it had of the old Louisville, Kentucky, the Bourbon Stockyard, downtown Louisville. I started there in 89. And um, I worked there, oh, I think 91, I left and went to Lexington. I've been in Lexington since 1991. So long time. I started, had my first sale with my dad when I was nine years old selling pots and pans so and i've sold a jillion pots and pans <laughs> i think that's where Forever. most of us did start was pots and pans and doilies and yeah yeah and how, how many sales a week do you do jay i do three now and then then all the monthly specials so i work monday and tuesday and thursday and then we um we have uh, all of our sale barns we have a monthly cow sale and I sell the cow sales. Well, I remember when I was first starting, I'd watch the, the tapes and the, and all of all the auctioneers. And there, there was a, there was a Jay Romine, the late great Brian Little, yep. John Shaven. Uh, you guys were kind of the, you know, when I first went to my first contest, I, walking through the halls and there they were and i'm like oh my god there they are don't make eye contact <laughs> don't say nothing uh so you're i'm probably not the only one that was you were one of my favorites growing up and still yeah. are uh absolutely love your chant uh um, appreciate it uh can't wait for oklahoma city gonna be a lot of fun another auctioneer yeah. contest um jay tell us a little bit we want to we we're trying to give people out here an idea of, uh, of different livestock markets and that kind of stuff all over the country. What is your, I know like back in California, they have two or three or four summers and grazing periods. What's your, do you guys get a hard winter out there in Kentucky? Can you graze all year out on grass? You know, some of these, a lot of these over around the Lexington area, the ground tends to be a lot better than it is in my area here back towards the city. Of course, a lot of our, a lot of our fine farms in this area have turned into to blacktop farms. There's a lot of a lot of housing gone up 
in right here in my county where I'm at this morning, I'm, I'm about uh, 75 miles from Lexington back to the west. Uh, right here in my county, it used to be 200, 150 dairy farms to 200, I think, and there's there's zero now. So a lot of our farming's gone to the wayside, but over in Lexington, the ground's a lot better. Some of those places, if they're not grazed too hard, yeah, they could graze through winter. Um, our, our winters are are relatively mild to 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 kind of heavy. Uh, we're coming out of that same hard freeze as everybody else had, which is um, not unusual for us, but it doesn't run as long as it does per se for you guys out in the West. Uh, today it's 38 right now and cloudy, it rained all day yesterday, just a horrible day. Um, today's high will be like 44, I think 40s probably are are normal, um, but it will, um, it can get cold. It, it'll get down to 20s tonight. So, but we graze, um, a lot of the folks try, like our grass generally runs out about November, just depending on, on the water we have through the summer. Um, but some farms can and do, will graze right on, you know, through, through winter months. Okay. Okay. Well, we, we can't do that here, Rachel. <laughs> no. Yeah. What, uh, what is, if anything, is different from our type of cattle to your type of cattle? Um, of course, your all's cattle seem to carry a lot, a lot more flesh. Um, our cattle will have more thinner, greener type cattle, I think, than, than you guys will, because you got that mountain grazing, I guess, and they come down and I'm not sure how your all's deal works. I am to, to an extent, but our cattle can be a lot more on the greener side where they'll graze greener grass and we'll, we'll offer yearling cattle um, year round. But um, a, lo a lot of folks over here are, are um, there's a byproduct off of, off the bourbon and it's in, it's a syrup or a slop and we feed a lot of that and a lot of those folks will have a uh, they'll feed them cattle try to get them to eight weights eight nine weight ten weights and they'll carry a lot of flesh normally their typical backgrounder does not feed that uh they'll they'll graze them hand feed a little bit a lot of silage and so we'll we'll have our cattle will be greener per se than than a lot of the cattle in the west will be you guys have a lot of feedlots Kind of in your area, or do the cattle when they oh, go feed have oh, to go well, a long ways? They go a lot of our cattle out of here go north um, into Nebraska and Iowa um, to the feed yards. There's there's no long time ago when when um when I first started in the late '80s, I, I remember we'd have a lot of fat cattle there at the Bourbon Stockyard in Louisville and Western Kentucky down there around Owensboro and stuff. A lot of those folks would bring. We had really good fat cattle sale, and um, but there's no nobody finishes much here no more, okay. none really. So and, they and all go out of here. I'm guessing you're. I mean, it's like everywhere in the country, your cattle number, cow and calf numbers are way down, uh, and probably shrink every year. Oh yeah, 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 we're down. Um, we just had our our state cattle convention. I, I didn't get get there. We had a cow sale that weekend on that Friday and I didn't go but that was one of the main topics how the cattle numbers were down I think the cow and calf man's had it pretty good the last five or six years I think I think we're in the I think we've been in the driver's seat for a good while and I think we still still will be I mean so but yeah our numbers are down and what uh, your cattle market I assume has got to be pretty good I mean it's yeah Yep, our markets. Yep, it it um, it was a little draggy there towards the end of the year, and and we come back our first year. It come back, gosh, it was a foot. It was a foot better after the first year. I mean, you know, hell, I, I'd say thirty, thirty, forty dollar hundred swing. You know, better Good. on a lot of them. So, well, we're kind of. I'm kind of all over the place, but my brain doesn't work like everybody's when something pops in i have to say it right then or i forget but what is your favorite yeah. 
part of the auctioneer contest? Oh, the people. <laughs> Seeing the people, you know, all my friends. I made a, I made many, many dear friends and a lot of business contacts over the years being in it. Um, it just, I mean, it made me a, made me a better, better auctioneer. The contest did, um, and a, a few people along the way sure helped. And and I lost a very, very, very dear friend um, right there at Christmas. And he he was very instrumental in making me and molding me, even in my adult years. I mean, he was like a brother to me, and he he really helped me. And I would encourage all the younger auctioneers that are in that contest. You, you, if, if you latch on to somebody, they'll help you, and you can help each other. And that contest is—I uh, got in the top ten quite a bit. Of course, everybody wants to win it. Um, I think I think a lot of the the younger guys might go at it as as I just want to make the top ten. Well, you can't win the darn thing if you if you don't make the top ten. But it's more it's it, the top ten. It, there's more to it than just the top ten. And um, I never let the contest beat me. Um, an individual may have, but I never let that contest beat me because I enjoyed it too much. It's um, it's just that's just what I take away from it is is the friendship. Um, and what and how it's helped me professionally. Absolutely, and you learn a lot. You know, you you, you learn a lot. You know, you, you you sit in those committees, and your dad was on it for years. And I always like to listen to your dad, and um, he's he was a proponent for the he he stood up for the livestock industry, still does, I'm sure. And you know, it's people like your dad, and a lot of them people that's on those committees. You know, it's just it's just different. There's other there's other organizations out here, and I don't want to mention any names, but there's no, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no comparisons to the LMA when it comes to the to the livestock industry. Yeah, they're they're as big an advocate as we could have, and and they do a great job. Oh gosh, talking sure about uh, your good friend Brian Little, I wish every young auctioneer could find a Brian Little because that man helped yeah. everybody. It didn't matter. He helped me. He he talked you through questions. He was yep. uh, he was one of a kind, great man. Um, and yep. when when I started, um, I like I said, I looked up to you guys and Matt Lowry. And you know, Matt was uh, he was a goer, and and uh, I heard a lot of things about Matt. But that man was one that kind of put his arm around me. And and one thing he told me, and this is this is what I tell all the young guys: you don't go to the contest expecting to win it. You go to learn something, take something back to help your chant, to help your industry. Yeah. If you happen to make a top 10 or a top three or actually win it, that's a bonus. But if you go there expecting to win it, uh, you're going to be sadly disappointed every time because you got every top yeah. gun in the world there. That's true. You do. And and that's why I would never. I, I just take more away from it than the contest when after every you know, after every contest, there's always a Sunday, and nobody likes to see that Sunday come because that means you go back to reality. And and for for a brief for a brief three or four days there, your 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 head is way up here. You're on cloud nine, and and it's and it's a good feeling to be there. And it's 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 just um, they just need to stay stay on that cloud. You know, they don't. You know, young auctioneers don't need to. Well, I got beat. I don't know what they want. You know, it's it's political. It's this. It's that. You know, I don't know how much politics are in it, and I don't care. But it, it was. It's just always been something near to me. I, I'm not in it this year, um, um, but I will be there. Um, I don't know if I'll compete anymore, um, but I'll be at the contest. So, and I'll be on the seats. And, probably do a little bidding so we'll we'll be there well i hope you compete again because you are you are a guy that can help those young guys and and uh, but i love your comment the contest never beat me one guy may have but the contest never beat me and that's that's an awesome way to look at it and, and that that's why i hope you get back in to teach these guys that yeah 
and you know and and and, and i learned i learned that from um and it and i was letting it i was letting it bother me and i learned that from a good a real dear friend of mine from california past champion david macedo and he 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 told me that and um and i've listened to david a lot and and follow him you know he's another good one but if, if these young guys get opportunity and he'll sit down and talk to anybody and he's they can learn a lot basically what i'm trying to say yeah yeah there's there's plenty of people out that'll help because that's what that's another thing that's fun about that you want to go and win absolutely you want to beat the other guy oh yeah but that's not the main yeah. the main thing that i think most of us take away is we're always happy for whoever wins it we cheer them on we clap for them um it's the camaraderie is is awesome at that contest right up i mean through the whole thing during the contest the whole thing you know it's your turn to go yeah. hey good luck jay uh yeah good luck yeah Just, you know, get done hey good job good run uh and i think we're pretty honest with each other because i've asked some people hey what'd you think man you sucked you know and yeah. and and that's good i want to hear that yeah. because i don't want to be told well good job when i didn't i want to know what i did wrong and and that's a great part about this group of guys that go every year and it might be a different group, but it all kind of falls into the same because we're kind of the same type, type of people. Right. And, and a lot of the, everybody gets choked up and worried about the, the interview and, and I still do. And, and it's, um, it's just, it's just sitting down and talking, you know, it, it's, it, we had a past president was a great speaker, but could he, could he, Set behind a microphone and sell a draft of cattle? No, but he could speak. You know, and everybody breathes a big sigh of relief when the when the the interview's over. And I'm glad that's over. You know, but you got to do good in that too. But they don't need to get so worked up over that. You know, just you just they just got to sit down and and I like the way they've done it here in the last couple of years, where you go out on the stage and you sit down and and you're talking with the it seems a little more personable and the champion past champions up there with you and stuff and and makes it makes it a little more comfortable i think so yeah back when i started and you were been the same way it was five judges and you were standing right in front of just them in a little bitty room with spotlights and i think yeah. i told rachel this the first time i ever made it there and did the interview i i actually forgot my name one of the judges said you're jace <laughs> i went oh yeah i'm I did. It was. Yeah. It just scared them. And and you're right. It's it's something that we do every day, and we know what we're supposed to talk about. But something about you label it an interview, and you forget your whole mind. And like me, I forget my name. Yeah, yeah. I was in. Um. The uh, first year I made the top ten was in 2002, and and you went in a door. You went in a closed room, and it wasn't streamed live or nothing. No cameras, and and. Uh, as it's, it, I mean, it was a, it was a strictly, it was a job interview is what it was. And it was, it was a lot different. It's a lot different now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I like the way they set it up and just visit with the champion. I, I really like that. Rachel, you got anything for Jay? No, I, I've just enjoyed sitting here listening to some stories. You've, you've hit on some names and some places that I think are, are uh, just legendary. And I'm, I'm so glad you took the time to come on. Are you selling? Yeah. Do you sell cow sales Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or just? Yes, yes, okay. ma'am. I'm at yeah Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then um, might go to one of our our other markets the rest of the week and buy a few cattle there, and and uh, I'm kind of all over the place. About how many head do you have on an average sale day, and what classes? Uh, we'll have every class from the a baby calf to a butcher bull. We'll have. I'd say we'll have uh, 13 to 1500 today. We had Monday, Tuesday, we'll sell right there in Lexington. We'll sell, oh, probably about 3500 we sold last week. We'll sell close to that probably this week. Then down there, it's in, it's Bluegrass South is in Southern Kentucky and Stanford. We'll sell there, sell there on Thursdays. That's a big backgrounding back area there. We sell a lot of yearlings there. We'll have, I think we have 17 or 1800 last week, so. Um, the weather's supposed to kind of clear up and be a little nicer, so this market will bring them out. We'll have we'll have that many 
probably again this week. Are those online streamed somewhere? Yes, we're on DV Auction. Yep. And click on any of our sales. Well, very good. Yeah. Anything else, Jason? I don't want to keep him. I know he's got to nope, get back on the busy. road. Yeah, he's a busy man. No, I think uh, we covered everything. It was good to see you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on and, and have a great sales, great sales this week. Yep. Jason, you do the same. T tell your family hello. and uh, I really enjoyed speaking with you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you being on here, Jay. Yes, well, sir. if you can get up to the meet-in and to that auctioneer contest, we'd sure love to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. We got a we got a spring equipment consignment. It's pretty big, and I, I, I've yet to talk with my partner on what day when that's going to be. But we're yeah. working. We'd love to have you if you could make it. Bring that Kentucky chant and yeah, be a blast. Yeah, you guys have a good week. Thank you, you too. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, I could listen to him forever. Yeah, he's uh, he, he he's all business. I mean, he he'll have fun. We happened to be out in Vegas, Camille and I, and we were on the old whatever that's called, the where it's covered with the lights, the Fremont. And we walked by this hot dog deal, and I looked in, and this guy is, I mean, shoveling hot dogs. And I'm like, I think that's Jay Romine. And she looked, and she goes, it is. So we walked in, it was him and that Brian Little that just passed away and John Shaben. We had an absolute blast.